Hello, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer on God's Word. Those of you joining live have the opportunity to interact in real time. So if there's questions uh, about what we're reading or what I've said, um, then uh, you can feel free to post those in the comments or in the live chat window. I appreciate that if you can do that. Um, also, you can, of course, post a comment later in the day in the comments on the various social platforms, and then uh, I'll try to respond to those um, as I can. All right. Today, we'll continue um, with our last part of the narrative of the Judge Gideon, the uh, Battle of the 300, not to be confused with the uh, one that's part of the Peloponnesian War. Uh, no, this is the Lord's Battle of 300. We'll talk about that in a minute. Today is also Wednesday, so um, if you have opportunity, I'd appreciate um, if you come out for Divine Service this evening, 6.30. We're going to conclude the church year with the last part of Matthew chapter 25. Uh, Lord, didn't we, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked or in prison? Right, That, that part of the story. And it, it'll bring our sermon series for the last couple months to a uh, great conclusion, I think. Um, also, I'm, ex- I'm expecting some visitor, so um, it'd be nice to have a good a good crowd to uh, support our uh, speaking and singing this evening. All right, and of course, you'll be ready then for next week. Uh, Wednesday will be our first Advent midweek service, so um, I might as well announce it now. Advent uh, midweek this year, we are going to focus on the preaching and teaching of John the Baptist and his character and his person, person and how the Lord worked through him. So of John. Um, and part of the reason for that is that we're actually going to lose one of the John Sundays, the fourth Sunday in Advent, because that'll be a Christmas Eve morning, uh, which we'll celebrate with a vigil this year. So in any case, make plans to come out in the evening if you can. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. In the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our psalm this week is Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, This is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, memory verse for the week. From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. We'll try it again. Say it with me if you can. From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus.
2 Timothy 3, verse 15. All right, so the wisdom of uh, the five virgins, not the foolish, were that they heard God's word and and, um, lived according to it, right? That they received from the word the faith, which is in Christ Jesus, that he gives. So you want to have oil for your lamp? Listen to Jesus. That is, gladly hear preaching and teaching. All right, to that point, the Lord's Prayer introduction. Our Father, who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear Father. All right, what's the first petition? Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we, as the children of God, also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father, in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, heavenly Father. All right? Um, and as I said, to live according to God's word, here Paul's going to give some instruction on that in Ephesians 5, as we've been hearing the last few chapters. All right, beginning in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, that's around, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Right? Do not be unwise, but redeem the time, walking circumspectly, that is, according to God's word, evaluating every aspect of one's life. Right? And how does one do that? By singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord always for all things. Right, And so it is. And then submitting to one another in the fear of God, not living for oneself, but living actually um, for one another. Our reading then for catechesis is from Judges chapter 7. We're just going to read the whole chapter today. Then Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him early and encamped beside the well of Harad, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink the water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you, and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent. 
and retain those three hundred men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, then go down to the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. So then he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. And now the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it, so that it fell and overturned, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, There is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, The sword of the Lord and Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the three hundred blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia towards Zerorah, as far as the border of Abel-Maholah by Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh, and pursued the Midianites. Then Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize them from them the watering places as far as Beth Barah and the Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered together and seized the watering places as far as Beth Barah and the Jordan. And they captured two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they killed at the wine press of Zeb. They pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of the Jordan. All right, what a story. Nothing quite like a battle, right? So we have we meet uh, again Jerubbaal. Of course, we already know who he is. That's the name Joash gave to Gideon because he's going to contend with Baal, or Baal will contend with him. Actually, all right, and we know Baal is uh, powerless since he is nothing. Uh, where was Gideon camped? Hmm. By the side the well. Wells are significant in the scriptures, of course, because they're a source of water. Water will come up again here. There's been lots of water in the Gideon story, right? We had the uh, the dew on the uh, on the fleece yesterday, all right. And the Midianites are um, just north of them, right, where um, by the hill of Mora in the valley, by the hill of Mora in the valley. All right. Um, what did the Lord tell Gideon? <laughs> just hilarious. There are too many of you, right? You've mustered too many men. Um, the problem would be, he tells them theologically, that uh, Israel would boast in her own strength that she had saved herself, rather than it was the Lord who delivered. 
uh, brought judgment and delivered Midian into their hands. All right. So um, we have to separate the wheat from the chaff or the sheep from the goats here a little bit, <laughs> so to speak. And uh, the first criteria, of course, is anyone who's fearful or afraid, just go home. It's okay. Go back to your tent. And uh, verse three, uh, of the 32,000, 22,000 left, leaving only 10,000. God says again to Gideon, that's still too many. Again, same problem. All right. So I'm going to bring a test. We're going to test them out and divide them. So one group are those who lap the water like that of a dog with their tongues. And the other group will be those who kneel down to drink. All right. How many lapped water from their hands like a dog? Uh, that would be 300. Um, it is interesting that he chooses those who lapped the water like dogs, right? Here you think of the uh, Canaanite, the Syrophoenician woman, right? Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Faith is often compared to that of being like a dog that begs for scraps. All right. I think we had it before too. I didn't take note, unfortunately, so I'll have to look for it when that text comes up. Um, Water, of course, here again is a sign that divides. We had that yesterday, uh, divided between the ground and the fleece, and then the fleece and the ground. Um, So here between um, the men. Baptism, of course, is the sign that divides um, those who belong to Christ from those who belong to Satan. We heard that in the baptism of Jackson on Sunday, right? Out unclean spirit and make room for the Holy Spirit. Which spirit um, are we are, are we under? Who do we belong to? Baptism is the water that separates us, uh, well, as it did uh, Pharaoh and his host from God's people, right? All right. So the Lord says to him, um, I will save Israel by, by these 300 men. Right, send the, send the other man back to his tent, back to their home. Well, what things did the departing Israelites leave for the 300 men? Um, it, it looks like he, they left provisions and trumpets for the 300, all right? Uh, 300, of course, is significant. We could probably break this down in a couple different ways. Of course, three is the number of the resurrection on the third day or the Holy Trinity. Um, Ten is often used as a number to indicate God's gracious provision um, on earth. Of course, 10 times 10 is showing that it's God, the Holy Trinity, that's doing on earth according to his gracious provision alone. This is going to be God's work, not their work at all, not by the strength of human armies. Um, You could do 10 squared as well. That would be 100, and then the three, um, the fullness of uh, the two natures of Christ. Right? I don't know. That one's a little bit of a stretch, but maybe. All right. All right. Uh, and then as we saw with Gideon's call and then with the mustering of the troops, so again, here before the battle, um, the Lord is going to give Gideon a sign, right? Or actually a word here. Go down with Pura, if you're afraid, um, to the camp of the Midianites too. And then the Lord's going to assure Gideon that he is delivering the Midianites, the Malachites, and the people of the east into their hands, right? Along with Pura. Um, note here, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east are again described as um, like locusts, you know, a plague, like in Egypt, uh, upon God's people, but also like the sand on the seashore, which is interesting because that's connecting us uh, to the promise made to Abraham that God's offspring will be like that, not Midian. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Um, look in verse 12, right? So we have that there with the numerous as locusts, camels with without number, and um, as by the sand on the seashore in multitude, right? That promise to Abraham and his children, Genesis 22, right? That's hinting at the Israelite victory, I think. All right. Uh, what to Gideon over here? A dream, right? Given by the Lord. A man had a dream of a loaf of barley bread uh, rolling down the hill into the valley, right? Tumbling into the Midianite camp, knocking down a tent and uh, causing it to collapse. 
And uh, the interpretation of the friend of the dreamer, the comrade here, is interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, that means that's Gideon. So apparently news of Gideon is has spread, and the Midianites are aware of him, the man of Israel. Um, and this man, this interpreter, says the dream is from God and that it is showing that God is giving victory to, to Gideon. Um, by the way, bread is significant in the narrative. And we've had the uh, unleavened bread being consumed by the angel of the Lord. We had that with the call of, of Gideon. Um, and of course, we have the bread here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That should be, that's all that Gideon needs is this message. Then, of course, ultimately, Christ is the bread of life um, who gives us victory over uh, our spiritual enemies, that is Satan, death, and hell. And bread, of course, always reminds us, just like water reminds us of baptism, bread reminds us of, of the supper. So we're seeing Christ's gracious provision here of his people. Um, even in weakness, um, his strength is made perfect in weakness, right? Three companies they separate into. Uh, one of the children said, that doesn't really make sense. It should be four, right? So that you cover um, either side of the valley and then the entrance and exit on either end. I'm like, yeah, it is, inter- is interesting, right? It's three groups of 100, so it's like a triangle formation. Of course, again, Holy Trinity language and uh, what did each man have for the battle what is what do they have they have their empty pitchers with torches inside the pitcher right and a trumpet and uh what were the men to do first is to blow the trumpet and then say the sword of the lord and of gideon right it's the lord's sword given to gideon all right they uh get to the camp or they surround the camp at what time verse 19 the middle watch all right so the jews have um have the, the evening split into three watches. You have uh, from sunset to about 10 p.m., from about 10 p.m. to about 2 a.m., and then from 2 a.m. to sunrise. So it's about four-hour periods over those 12 hours, roughly, plus or minus. All right, so this would be sometime, it says at the beginning of the middle watch. Yeah, so a little after 10. When we'll have our, uh, uh, when our Gideon will, uh, will hear has come to destroy um, the power of sin, death, and hell. Uh, at about 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve, ah, 24th of December. All right, there you go. What did they do after blowing the trumpets? Uh, verse 19, yeah, they break the pitchers that were in their hands, and uh, they the sword is in their right hand, and the, the uh, torch is in their left. Of course, the sword, you think of our Psalms, Psalm 149, sharp two-edged swords in their hand, that's the sword of the, of the Lord, that is his word, right, Ephesians 6, right? sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of bone and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Right? All right. And what happened when the Israelites did as Gideon instructed them? This is the key here. The Lord set every man, verse 22, the Lord set every man's companion throughout the whole camp. So again, who's given the victory? The Lord is. All right. And uh, they actually turn on each other. Another advantage of having the battle at night, right? You can't discern foe from friend from foe. Um, and then they run. All right. And when they run, now the men of Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh pursue them, right, and overtake them. Um, where? As far as Beth Barah and the Jordan. The Jordan. Now, if you remember, um, Gideon did call out Ephraim to pursue. And uh, yeah, that's right here. Ephraim now comes out um, to seize them, or seize the watering places. So we have more water here again. Um and that's connected to Jesus, right? The, the remaining Midianites were to die um, in the waters of the Jordan as we dry, die, as actually all sin and death die in our baptismal waters. Beth Barah is an interesting name. Beit Barah, 
um, just like Beit Acacia, that means house of um, choosing, or, or the chosen house, Beit Bara, the chosen house, the chosen people of God. And if connected to water again, at the Jordan, who are the chosen people of God? Those who are baptized in Jesus' name, where all our enemies are destroyed. Right? And those two enemies are, are de- um, demonstrated, <laughs> actually, their heads, Oreb and Zeb, Oreb killed at the, his rock and Zeb at his wine press. Right? And remember, both the rock and the wine press are at the beginning of the Gideon story. So it's a nice, tight narrative. Remember, the rock um, is, is what uh, Gideon is to put the, the goat and the unleavened bread and then pour the broth over it. And then um, the angel of the Lord consumes the sacrifice with, with fire. Right? I remember he was treading out the grain in the wine press at the beginning of that narrative to hide from the Midianites. <laughs> so it's all there. And now they're being um, overcome here at the end. And of course, the head, uh, crushing the serpent's head, that promise, Genesis 3.15, right? The offspring that would destroy uh, the power of the devil here, and Oreb and Zeb are in- indicators of that because, of course, by worshiping Baal, they are actually worshiping the uh, powers and principalities in the heavenly places, the false gods. All right. A lot to cover there, huh? All right, hopefully that's helpful. Let's try to draw it together here. The Lord divided up the men of Israel through water, even as the waters of baptism divide all men. The baptized are like little dogs who confess that they are but beggars and eagerly lap up the life-giving waters. The loaf of barley bread reminds us of us that the bread of life, Jesus, has rolled into our into the camp of our enemies and destroyed them, knocked down their tents. Isaiah, Isaiah 9 preached that Gideon's defeat at Midian was a picture of the victorious work to be done by the child who would be born of the virgin as in the day of um, the defeat at Midian, of Midian, right? Isaiah 9. Today, the gospel of Christ's victory is preached as a great trumpet blast throughout the nations. That preaching is the same sword of the Spirit, the word of God, which was wielded by Gideon in his victory. The pitchers with torches inside them remind us of two things. Our Lord came in the weakness of human flesh, and yet the fire of the divinity burns within him because he is the light of the world that destroys the forces of darkness. He sends his spirit to dwell within these clay vessels, that is, our own bodies. The spirit enlightens us in the true faith as he dwells within us to keep us in the one true faith. Beautiful. All right, let's sing, um, let's sing the last two stanzas of the hymn today. Stanza three and four. Gladness and wipe away our tears. 
that fair home shall never be silent music's voice with hearts and lips forever we shall in God rejoice while angel hosts are raising with saints from clay to leaves a mighty hymn for praising a giver of the All right. Today we do have a commemoration. Today is the commemoration of the patriarch Noah, I believe. Yeah. There we are. Noah descended from the godly line of Seth. His father was Lamech, his grandfather Methuselah, and his great-grandfather was Enoch, who walked with God. Lamech named his son Noah, saying, quote, Out of the ground the Lord has cursed. This one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Genesis 5. When Noah had already lived a very long time, 500 years, he became the father to three, became father to three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The scriptures tell how God, with sadness and regret, beheld the great wickedness of humanity upon the earth. The fallen state of man's heart is described this way. Every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yet the bright spot was Noah and his family. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Thus, when God decided to wipe out the world with a flood, because of the great sinfulness of mankind, in mercy he spared believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. Noah was instructed to prepare a large ark, and God commanded the animals to come to him two by two, a male and his mate, with seven pairs of clean animals, suitable for sacrifice. After the animals had been gathered into the ark, God shut the door behind Noah and his family. The great flood began. Rain poured from the sky, and the fountains of the great deep burst forth. The dry land disappeared as the waters prevailed over the earth, it was a return to the primordial chaos when the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. After a long time, the rain stopped and the waters began to subside. Noah's ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. He sent forth first a raven and then a dove. When the dove returned with a flesh, freshly plucked olive leaf, he knew that it would soon be safe to leave. When his family left the boat, he took some of the clean animals and offered them in a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, who had brought them safely through the great flood. This sacrifice of thanksgiving pleased the Lord, and he promised never again to wipe the earth out with a flood. As a sign of his covenant, he hung up his bow in the clouds. Before the flood, God had restricted mankind's diet solely to vegetation. Afterward, he permitted man to eat every moving thing that lives, with the provision that man could not eat a live animal but must kill it first, hence not eating flesh with its life, quote-unquote, that is, its blood. From Noah's children, the earth was repopulated. All mankind descends from this family that was graciously saved through the waters. We pray. Almighty and eternal God, according to your strict judgment, you condemned the unbelieving world through the flood. Yet, according to your great mercy, you preserved believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. Grant that we may be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, so that with all believers in your promise, we would be declared worthy of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right. And prayer collect for the week. O Lord, absolve your people from their offenses, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we brought upon ourselves, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
Amen. Let's see. We pray today for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the Word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We rejoice today uh, with those celebrating their birthday, baptism birthday, I should say, Franklin and Cole and Stephen, also with Jack and Patty celebrating their anniversary. Pray for all the households of our church, especially that of Dan, Ray and Susie, Jerome, Gary and Julie, Stephen and Jackie, Norm and Sandy. We continue to give thanks to God for the baptism of Jackson this past Sunday. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Walt, and Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, and Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, Owen, Wendell, Jolene, Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of LCMS World Relief and Human Care. And we pray for those grieving, especially the family and friends of Marion. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. So good to have you with us here. Um, today, again, is Wednesday. So um, if at all possible, I encourage you to come out this evening at 6.30 for divine service. We have, again, the end the end of the end of the church year, right? And the end of our preaching through Matthew's um, gospel and parables of uh, of the kingdom or parables of judgment, if you prefer. All right. So that'll be our conclusion tonight. And let's see, anything else? I don't think so. So, um, Lord be with you all, and I hope to see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support and give today.